Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear Evan Hansen, today is going to be an amazing day, and here's why. letters to yourself with Dr. Sherman? I've been trying to. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Um, no one signed your cast. Now we can both pretend we have friends. I'm sorry about my brother. Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? I wish everything was different. I wish I was part of something. I wish that anything I said mattered. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. I'll, I'll, I'll just take it. Wait, I really, I need that back. You could fall and no one would hear. Connor took a letter from me and it was an assignment from my therapist. Ew. Even when the dark comes crashing through. Connor's mother and stepfather are here to see you. When you need a friend to carry you. Connor wanted you to have this. And when you're broken on the ground. Dear Evan Hansen, he wrote it to you. His last words. Connor took his own life. He won. I'm sorry Connor didn't write this. No, 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 please. It's this. You will be found. And we didn't think Connor had any friends. I mean, you really gonna tell these people that the only thing they have left of their son is that letter that you wrote to yourself? So, you and Connor, tell us something, please. Right, um, I started talking and you couldn't stop. They didn't want me to stop. I'm putting together a memorial service. If you wanted to do something, this weekend, the Tony winning musical Dear Evan Hansen, featuring music and lyrics by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, is coming to cinemas in a new film starring Ben Platt who reprises his Tony, Grammy, and Emmy-winning performance as teenager Evan Hansen. To take us behind the scenes in this episode, we're joined by production sound mixer Michael Koff, whose recent credits also include Jungle Cruise and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be here. So how'd you get onto the project? Yeah, it was actually, you know, for for sound mixer, uh, musicals are kind of the ultimate challenge and, you know, what everybody wants to kind of get their hands wrapped around because of the challenges and technical hurdles that you go through. When I first got called for this, it was really convenient because I was in London uh, doing Venom 2. 
and I love Broadway and my family was with me and we had gone to see the Lion King, Mamma Mia, Les Mis, all these shows. And, uh, dear Evan Hansen was right down there on the West end and, uh, was not able to get tickets for it until this point. And then all of a sudden I got this call. Uh, so I didn't really need a lot of talking into the, the, the production supervisor that called me, Allie, uh, kind of prefaced, well, I have a lower budget, you know, project. I don't know if you'd be interested. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she's like, well, it's, you know, it's called Dear Evan Hansen. And I just, just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we don't need to, you know, That's you, don't all it to, took. <laughs> you don't need to sell me on anything. You know, my kids already knew some of the music. Um, I knew some of the storyline already because it's very timely and having kids growing up in, you know, social media days, it's, it's definitely a huge topic and, uh, and a big, um, story that needs to be told to the mainstream. So, from the moment, you know, I got the call, I, I kind of, I jumped in head first and uh, went back, you know, to set the next day and immediately tried to get tickets to Dear Evan Hansen, which I still couldn't get. They didn't uh, help you? No, no. <laughs> um, I was able to see it finally, uh, right before I left on my rap day. But, um, but yeah, and that was early, you know, and then obviously everything shut down. So it, it never, I didn't know if it was going to happen um, once COVID hit because we got back to the States, um, in late February. And then, you know, this was supposed to start in late March and, and obviously COVID took over and everything went on hold. When did you actually start shooting? And then, then you were working amid the new protocols. Day one was September 21st of 2020. Um, and you know, it was definitely a challenge. We were all working in brand in a brand new environment, um, that we, felt kind of, we felt lucky to be working, but at the same time, it was incredibly inconvenient and, uh, hard to adapt to based on, you know, location shooting. Um, we shot the whole movie in, in Atlanta. And when we started, it was still quite hot and humid and all this. And, you know, we had to test, we had the PCR test every single day. We had to wear masks a hundred percent of the time, indoors, outdoors, didn't matter. Um, and we had, you know, these new, uh, members of the crew that have basically been given authority, um, over everyone that are our COVID managers and, you know, trying to get any real solid information or, or, or figuring out a way to work better. Uh, in that kind of an environment became quite a challenge, um, not only for the crew, but also for the actors. Now, for the, for the music, there were a few songs that were pre-recorded, but for the most part, what we're hearing in the final film was recorded live. So let's start with, um, you know, for you as the production sound mixer, what, what did that involve? What sort of planning? Yeah. So from the first, I think I had about two weeks of prep for this. Uh, and I was part of sitting in on, you know, they weren't pre-records, they were just rehearsals uh, in a makeshift studio at um, one of the stages that, that we had for the, for the project called Black Hall. Um, but sitting in and just listening first, it was clear that it's going to be beautiful. And because Ben is our lead actor and Ben created this character uh, on Broadway initially, with uh, Justin Paul and Benj Pasek, it, it was obvious that 
there's not going to be a whole lot of need to develop uh, or, or give opinions or anything like that in terms of projection and clarity and all that stuff from a recording standpoint. Um, so being the newcomer that I was to a project that's been kind of already established for quite some time um, was really cool because I could kind of just come in and fit into where my job is to bring in the instrumentals and basically make sure they have the clean feed and I'm able to isolate and record vocals um, with whatever location we're at. So let's start with the first number uh, in the musical, Waving Through the Window, where we first meet Evan in his bedroom. Tell us about how you recorded that song. Waving Through the Window was, it was just a pianist and the, the, the pianist was sitting next to me, and then I had a music playback guy as well um, named Mark Agostino. And on set, everything is dead calm. And, you know, one of the huge things that I do want to point out about this movie that made it so much more enjoyable and, uh, you know, allowed me to do what I do is that it started from the top down with Chabosky, our director, about how sound is just as important uh, as image. And that's not something you normally get on a normal show, especially if you're talking, you know, superhero movie or something along those lines. So everybody knew and everybody was on board with what we were doing with trying to record live vocals. And so when it came to waving through the window, it was just me playback and a pianist and the set was just dead. And it sounds like Ben is singing acapella because nobody can hear anything that's going into the mix except for Ben, our director and producers and whoever puts on, you know, a comp tech that, that we hand out. So it was beautiful. I mean, it, it, it didn't take long. I think it was day two when I realized that this is going to be a beautiful project and it's going it, to, the storyline is incredible and recording vocals when everyone is on board and everyone is helping to shut down a set, whether it's generators or traffic or crafty or whatever it might be. Uh, base camp, you know, when you can get the set quiet and basically give them the music, the vocals come and, and it was killer. It was awesome. Ben is a total natural in terms of finding the light and, and putting himself in that situation. He definitely works himself into the mood uh, before we call action. So we basically play it back for him because we're not, you know, we're not recording the entire song in one go. We're recording little pieces uh, in different parts of the location. But, you know, in order to get into the mood and, and get the character built, we'd play it back, you know, 30 seconds. That way he can be off by himself, getting himself into it, working up. And then once we call action, you know, Ben will come in and already be full, full, you know, full speed ahead into it. It must have been amazing to watch. It was incredible. I mean... Uh, I've done a lot of movies, luckily, knock on wood at this point, and I've never watched dailies and been emotional about it in my life. And, you know, my wife would would watch me watch dailies and she'd just be like, dude, this is like, <laughs> this is insane because I've never seen it, you know, from me. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about this project. We start with stars in our eyes. We start believing that we belong But every sun doesn't rise And no one tells you where you went wrong Step 
a fan of um, of musicals, I mean, did, did you feel like you had a front row seat on Broadway every day you went into work? I did. Uh, I felt super lucky. And, you know, I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that, that, you know, most people don't get to see. And I get to see a lot of that anyway in movie making. Uh, but a lot of the films that I do are, you know, big tentpole type projects. So this was definitely more intimate and getting to work one-on-one -on -one with our, our talent and, you know, trying to create the best vocals for them. Once booking uh, Dear Evan Hansen, I did some research on other musicals and, you know, spoke to some of the other mixers that have done some of these other musicals. And it seemed like Les Mis was the most notable that recorded live vocals on set and their mixer was able to sell the VFX department and the director on having all of their microphones visible on the clothes with a clothing swatch on top of it, basically allowing them to put the microphone in the most optimum position and always get clean tracks. Not, not clean necessarily from airplanes, but clean from clothing noise and, you know, your throat and stuff like that. So I had that conversation early on. It, it was pretty clear that our wardrobe was not going to be nearly as problematic as time period pieces like Les Mis was, but it also wasn't an ensemble cast. Um, you know, we didn't have 40 people uh, singing and dancing at the same time, and we didn't have the budget uh, for VFX in order to do that. So being able to work, you know, I'm sure at times Ben and Amy and um, Caitlin, you know, would maybe get a little irritated with the touch-ups that we were doing, but there were so many instances where having a boom over them to get the perfect track of vocals wasn't possible. So we were constantly, you know, double micing, putting, putting, you know, plant mics around. Like we used a lot of tools and toys in order to try to get uh, what we ended up with. Mm -hmm. So you used a real variety of mics. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing too is for every single location and every single song, uh, I was able to get with the music department and our first AD and our director and get a clean recording of the song in that location. And this meant we did it multiple times a day if we had multiple locations in a day. So I would basically, when we got it and the camera was good and all that, everyone would stop. I'd usually lay down rugs, even if we're in the forest or something like that. I'd have Ben stand in the middle of the carpet. A lot of times I'd have crew or background stand around and make a circle around him with their back to him, you know, socially distanced and all that, but basically just trying to create an, uh, a clean track in the environment that we're shooting in that could potentially be dubbed in or, or, or dumped, you know, if we're running and stuff like that, just to have a clean track on the boom in the environment that we're shooting in. And it didn't matter if we were on a roller coaster or what, we, we did it in the auditorium, we did it. Uh, that way there was that kind of track to go to, you know, if all else fails. Let's talk about another song. Only Us is the, um, the duet between Evan Hansen and Zoe that begins in the set of the bedroom. Uh, tell us about recording that one. The, that song, Only Us, was a bit more challenging just due to the confines of space. Luckily, we were able to get, for sound, the bedroom uh, was fully carpeted and had a lot of, you know, soft uh, materials in it to kind of limit the bounce and the slap. But Caitlin and Ben had an incredible relationship. And so they 
you know, they didn't need to do it a hundred times. If anything, you know, we, we had to do it a few more times than anyone would have liked just because of the complexity of the shot, because it was a full 360 track, um, you know, on a dolly track. And it might look like something was VFXed in with mirrors behind, but it wasn't. It was just, it was a constant one motion uh, without a cut. And, you know, my boom operator, our first AC or operator, are basically running around uh, just outside this track over and over and over again. Um, but that song was a little bit more limited on on making it match for different locations because the majority of the song took place all in the same uh, location. So it can be us, it can be us, and only us. And what came before won't count anymore. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What was the mood on the set like when they sang this intimate duet? Honestly, for most songs, uh, it was very much a, if you don't need to be here, don't be here. If you don't need to say something, don't say something. Everyone had full respect for the performers because every single time they would sing and perform, you could tell that they were giving it their all. You know, luckily on on Only Us, there was some giggles involved because, you know, they were trying to figure out how to fall to the bed and have the kiss and all that stuff. And it was all trial and error. But, you know, the, the mood, the mood wasn't upbeat and happy and uplifting, but it wasn't depressing and sad and, you know, any of that. It was more just respect. Everyone has respect for the craft. And, and that's kind of what what what's expected from everybody. I mean, it's funny because just. Last week, the DP, um, Brandon Trost, reached out to me because he said he's doing an interview for one of his cinematography magazines. And he said, hey, is it true that on the dailies, on day two, as soon as we say, as soon as we cut from You Will Be Found, that it's you who says on the mix track, this is going to be a good fucking movie? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was me, you know, cause I'm, I've got a slate mic, which obviously goes into the mix. And I was just like watching and mesmerized and there's like a tear rolling down my cheek and I was totally in it. And, you know, if you take your headphones off, you're not in it. When you put your headphones on and you hear the keyboard is next to me and you hear, you know, the violin or whatever's coming in, it's just like, it all is just so powerful and, uh, and when they yelled cut, I, I meant to hit the PL 
which is just to my crew, just to my boom operator and my sound utility and my playback guy. And I hit the slate mic, which goes out to all the com techs and producers and goes back to the studio. And I just said, this is going to be a good fucking movie. And then, you know, a few days later, everyone just like walking around like, this is going to be a good fucking movie. This is going to be a good fucking movie, you know? So no one really knew it was me until well into the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about You Will Be Found. Um, that's the anthem that Ben Platt sings on a stage set in front of an audience with extras. Tell us about shooting that one. Yeah, that was that was different just in regard to it was in a huge room. Um, you know, there were some sound issues that we had there. Um, we, sh we shot that at a school. And, you know... Everything is always, it's always a challenge from a sound standpoint to deal with uh, locations, to get things shut off, to get things um, moved away and stuff like that. And that auditorium and, uh, and most of the school was kind of in session, but out of session because the school was open at this point uh, for students that have tested or students that, you know, were, were COVID free and safe. And we brought in a lot of background anytime the camera's at his back. Um, but, you know, anytime we come around, obviously we've cleared the room. That way he can really, you know, perform and give it his all. But it, it made it, it, it was a much easier scene to mic. Uh, you know, the mic in front of him, uh, we made a practical mic. So it's one of my microphones that is sitting in front of him. And I even leave it up when he dumps the microphone over and falls, um, you know, because I like the the dynamics of, you know, it blasting and, and getting back up and trying to get his wits about him. But, you know, we had a lot of opportunity to get really good, clean tracks in there. Um, and, and I think we did. As the song progresses, you have different characters and people singing the song in various locations. Tell us about recording all of those elements. Yeah, anytime we would have to change locations and be in the same number in the same song, there's obvious technical challenges that arise. Um, for the most part, I always kept the same microphones consistent, uh, even if, you know, we went from interior to exterior. And normally I would not use a microphone in this specific environment. I would keep the microphones consistent. That way there was some sort of baseline for for the for the vocal number and then you know as far as making it match you know this is where post comes in and post is amazing because while we're recording live on set it's our amazing post sound team that has a lot better preamps and and toys on their consoles than i have on location that can bring in the clean tracks that I've recorded as well as the room tones that I've recorded in ambience and, you know, Walla Walla where you have all the background just talking that way you've got a clean track of it and they're able to build the mix from that. But there's very little that can be done on location from a sound standpoint to make it match uh, where we just came from. I'm excited about the film coming out mostly because I feel like I could definitely change lives. Uh, I know that the Broadway musical has, and I feel like the film will reach a much bigger audience with alerting kids to the dangers of social uh, anxiety and social acceptance and the fact that social media can do harm. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully it, it can, can help some kids through tough times as it has in the past for the Broadway show. 
Do you want to give a shout out to your team? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, usually the sound mixers get the credit, but without incredible teams, it, it would be impossible. So my boom operator is Ian Bender. He's been with me for the last six years and, and he's an incredible boom man. And then Cindy Munoz is my utility. And she really knocked it out of the park on this because it being the first movie in COVID, uh, we had to create an entirely new workflow with sanitizing. You know, we give out wires, slates to camera, locket boxes to camera, context to producers, everything she would take back at the end of the night and stay for about two hours every night to sanitize and put into a big crock pot, you know, UV cleaner thing. And everything was sealed the next morning with, you know, the sanitized do not do not break labels on their plastic containers for all the contacts and wires and, and that sort of thing. Also because of COVID, a lot of the actors preferred to wire themselves which is super hard to uh, for us to accept. But, you know, Cindy was always there standing by outside their trailers, ready to touch them up. And, you know, they would always leave a little slack up here. That way we could place it where it needed to get placed. But, yeah, it was uh, it, it wouldn't have been possible without my team. And you mentioned Venom 2. What else do you have on your plate? Venom 2 comes out soon. Jungle Cruise just came out, finally, three years later. And then I've got... Arthur the King, which is going to be a beautiful story about adventure racing with Mark Wahlberg uh, as the lead man. And we shot that. That was another super difficult project uh, that we shot in Dominican Republic. And it was, you know, adventure racing is, is basically a land race. So it's trekking, biking, kayaking, uh, zip lining, rock climbing, you know, everything you could think of. And, and we did it all with a crew. So that one was a was a was a feat, and then uh, I just finished up Shazam two, which will be fun for the kids, a uh, little kids superhero movie, and yeah, I think that's it. I, I, I was about to start Wedding Crashers too, and that just uh, went south, and we're no longer doing it. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.